Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Coach Time here on the Believe Network. And it's another special guest, but someone who is making not their first, but their second appearance on this podcast. It's Casey Hudson. She covers the NHL for the Believe Network and the Tampa Bay Lightning for Odyssey Sports. She is the place to go if you need NHL content. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. I was excited to chat with you again. We had such a great conversation kind of gearing into off-season, off-season flew by and now we're what less than four or five days away from opening night five days i want to say yeah it's funny we we talked in june uh, way back right after the stanley cup and now it feels like it's been a very fast few months as we gear up for another season and when we talked in june the vegas golden knights were coming off a stanley cup championship a run in which they really blew through the western conference and thoroughly outplayed a tough florida panthers team in that Stanley Cup final to win. Wanted to get your thoughts on Vegas. So they have a lot of the pieces still in place, still some maybe question marks at goalie, though. When you look at them in this Western Conference, do you think that they are equipped to go back to another Stanley Cup final, potentially be the first back-to-back champion since the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago? I think they have a really solid chance because, as you mentioned, they kept a lot of key pieces intact. I mean, they really didn't lose anyone outside of Riley Smith, who ended up with the Pittsburgh Penguins and a big driving force for this team, especially when it came to playoffs and getting over certain humps was that fourth line, which was fully intact. Also, they have all of their dominant pieces on their defense who played extremely well in front of whichever goaltender was between the pipes. So they did lock in uh, Aiden Hill, make sure they got him a nice little payday there and something else that maybe kind of got lost in translation or lost amongst all the excitement of playoffs is the fact that this team had goalie depth you know they were down to their third and fourth goaltender and they were still able to pull through for games so you've got logan thompson who was an all-star i saw him down in south florida for all-star weekend he was just working through certain injuries um, and contractually there were some conversations there but there's just so many pieces here that still remain as to the fact that you cannot count them out and i'm sure they're going to be hungry to continue to protect their title Yeah, and when Vegas went to the Stanley Cup final under first-year coach Bruce Cassidy, which, of course, breaks my heart as a Boston Bruins fan to say, but when they went there, they went through a Western Conference that included the Avalanche, who had won a Stanley Cup, and another team that I'm really interested in this year in the Edmonton Oilers, because it feels like with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they have two generational-level talents in their top six, and a lot of times teams that have that end up breaking through and winning kind of regardless of what else is around. Like Tampa Bay with Kucherov and Stamkos, obviously they had great depth, but they had those two great talents in the top six. Penguins with Crosby and Malkin, right? Those teams that have that, even if you want to go back to the Blackhawks dynasty days of Taze and Kane, like when you have multiple generational type talents in your top six, eventually it feels like you break through. But this Edmonton team has just been hitting wall after wall after wall in the postseason, and they can't figure out their goaltending situation year after year. They struggle. I mean, they're losing playoff games, you know, seven to five or six to four. It's just crazy. But it feels like there's a little bit of a different vibe around the Oilers right now after that playoff exit last year. I want to get your thought. I mean, is this a team that is finally going to break through that wall and can get to a Stanley Cup final? Or are these problems that they've had, are they just going to persist? 
you know, as bad as I want to say yes, because I just appreciate the talent and the skill that this roster has, I'm going to have to say that this is still not going to be their year. I don't see what's changed when it's come to their goaltending situation. I know that they, you know, tried to see what would happen with Stuart Skinner. He's still on the young side of things, and that's a lot of pressure to come up with. And granted, Jack Campbell was supposed to be a hero. That didn't really that fell through for them. So for a team that's nearly putting up four goals per game, they cannot protect their own end for the life of them. And that's not even to speak to their defensemen. A lot of their defensemen sit in the plus column, but it just shows that everyone's contributing so much offensively that there's not much defense taking place in this roster. Not many moves, if any, in this offseason. So we can't really expect change when they're coming in with an identical blueprint that helped them fail yet again. Yeah, an extremely great power play, but if you look at their penalty kill and it's it just always comes a little short when it when it's protecting their end when it comes to stepping up defensively and this is a league that just got that much better across the board so the Oilers are going to be presented with that much more of a challenge and when it comes to scoring who knows where this number is going to go from averaging 3.96 per game um, coming up against guys that are now prepared to protect their team that much more. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the NHL is so many good young players coming up, and it feels like a lot of teams, especially contending teams, are just getting so much better that if you're not getting better, in the Oilers' case, you may be starting to get left behind. You kind of wonder if they might be a team that approaching the trade deadline is really active, like if they really still have that goaltending deficiency or a defenseman issue that they might be. But it's much easier to be active in the offseason than it is at the trade deadline, especially if you're looking for some type of bigger piece. And I want to move, though, to the Eastern Conference here. And you obviously cover the Tampa Bay Lightning for Odyssey Sports. We're talking with Casey Hudson. She does a great job doing that coverage. And Tampa's a team, they've made the playoffs every year since 2018. And not only have they made the playoffs, I mean, we're talking dominance. They were the one seed in 2019. I know they lost in the first round, but they were the one seed. They get to the Cup in 2020, 2021, 2022. They win multiple championships. And they still have that core there, most of that core that's been champions, but the cast around them is much different than it was just a few years ago. Is this a time for Tampa, as someone who sees them every day in you, Casey, is this a time that Tampa, could it be a, I don't want to call it a rebuilding year, but could this be a sort of reset time where maybe they either don't make the playoffs, just miss the playoffs, and uh, or make it and, and lose in the early rounds? Or is that core just so strong that they're going to be able to make a deep run no matter who's around them? You know, this is a great question because we've, as a, as a fan base, as well as media here in Tampa Bay, we have felt a slew of emotions from the losing of Alex Kalor and Pat Maroon, Ross Colton to, you know, picking up these new faces. This is probably one of the most restructured rosters this team has had in quite some time, to be honest. Um, but I would say this. I personally am not feeling the panic quite yet. I still think that this is a playoff caliber team for a number of reasons. The core that's intact is the core that's carried them over the finish line a number of times. You've got such a leader in Steven Stamkos, and when he's healthy, it's insane. You know, you can't deny what he brings to this team and how he levels up every player around him. Also, with the contract negotiation issues, or lack thereof, I should say, that's going to fuel a different fire because you're looking for a guy that wants to remain in the league and is coming off of a multi-milestone year. You got Victor Hedman, who wasn't 100% last season. He collected an early upper body injury on their West Coast tour, I want to say October, November, and was trying to bounce back all year, then gets a hip impingement at the end of the year. So 
I want to say health being on this team's side is going to be a huge factor for one, but for two, Brandon Hagel was dominant. 30 goals last year. He was leading the NHL in takeaways. And what I've seen from him this preseason, he didn't let off the gas whatsoever. He was such a puck hound. His forechecking ability is ridiculous. And they're starting to find quality pairings and chemistry where they're going to maybe have two or three lines that are going to be extremely pesty and hard to play against. Now we've got Connor Sheary, who he's won a Stanley Cup before. He's played with legends like Sidney Crosby. His puck through percentage is going to help set up guys like Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov if he ends up on those lines or even a Steven Stamkos. So the pieces that have come in, have actually made the identity of this team a bit faster and the skill set being there imagine speed along with skill and most of these guys have a strong two-way ability to their games so they also leveled up defensively so they're not just relying on their defensemen to get things done so i'd say the biggest thing to keep an eye out on is what's going to happen with these deep pairings how much more can they step up from last season because there were some turnovers in our zone that were very costly and that was a consistent theme and then the big question Andre Vasilevsky has been ruled out for nearly two months because of the surgery that was very unexpected but needed to happen. Um, I think they described it as like a herniated lumbar situation, successful surgery. But, you know, Jonas Johansson has showed up quite well in the preseason. He's actually not let up any goals. He's come out with two shutouts. And as well as this team is stacked talent-wise, they just need a guy who's going to do just enough between the pipes. They're not going to be relying on their comfort zone too much like they have a tendency to do when Bassey is there. So defense is going to get a nice lesson in the beginning of the season. And we all know it's about the second half heading into playoffs. So I think this team is still in a great position to make the playoffs. I want to follow up on that because you mentioned that some of these new additions they've made, it's increased their speed and they combine mm -hmm. that speed with skill. Now they did lose, especially in a guy like Maroon, but not exclusively him, some experience and some size and toughness. Do you think... Like, are you happy with that trade-off? Do you think they're better off because of that? Or do you think they are going to still miss that experience, that size, that power? I'm sad about it because Pat was that leader in the locker room to where some of those really tough, slouchy parts of the season where they were, you know, back-to-back -back losses, which wasn't familiar to this team for some time. Pat was a great voice for this team because of his experience, because of the cups that he's won. But what I will say is that our bottom six guys last season, they weren't contributing enough. Whereas now that this team has gotten a little faster and a little younger, that's actually translating down into the bottom six guys. So um, we got Mikey AC Mont last year, who we only had for a couple of games. And we started to see some good sparks out of him. Regardless of his frame, he had 107 hits last year, and he's a very physical guy. We're already seeing him lay some massive hits on the ice in the preseason, and it's just preseason. It was nearly a bloodbath versus the Panthers on Tuesday night. So now you've got guys that, again, have that two-way ability. They have a defensive element to their game. They're not afraid to hit. So while Pat was a big presence when it came to physicality, we didn't lose that in any sense. It's actually now seeing it in other players. Um, Tanner Janot. There was a lot of weight on his shoulders when he came in. I think he only scored one goal as a Tampa Bay Lightning, but he also got that high ankle sprain against, I want to say the Islanders in an insignificant time, but he's feeling healthy. He's feeling good. And he looks great this preseason. Another guy who's already being extremely physical and can put up 20 goals if he's on the right line to get him there. Luke Lindenning, very physical guy from the stars, big penalty kill guy as well. Um, Tyler Mott from the Rangers. He's gritty. He's going to help this team out. So a lot of the guys that they brought in not only contribute speed, but they contribute physicality. And it's going to help this team a lot when they're not just relying on 
one or two guys like Pat Maroon or Corey Perry to be a physical guy to tilt the ice. Now they've got other guys who have a little bit more longevity in their in their skating to get the job done. It feels like, Casey, every year we ask as hockey fans, is this going to be the year that the Toronto Maple Leafs finally win a playoff series? And last year was the year they finally did, but they were quickly dispatched in round two. And I think with Toronto, we've seen the offensive firepower that they have, and they've been getting better year over year defensively over the last few years. And I feel like this team, and I love the Tyler Bertuzzi addition for Toronto this is a team to me I look at as a sneaky Eastern Conference final, Stanley Cup final type contender. But what worries me is they've won one playoff series in 20 years. It just feels like they, they always run into that wall and it's more mental sometimes than anything else. When you look at Toronto now, now that they've won that playoff series, do you think they can take a leap and be that team that goes deep into the playoffs and is a true contender? Because I don't know about you, but I feel like the talent is there to do it. I do too. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit more nervous when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Bertuzzi, I'm right there with you, is a huge asset in addition for them, especially for the ways that he carried um, for the Boston Bruins. But I will say this. There's kind of been a trade-off in some instances. You know, I thought Michael Bunting, while he maybe collected stupid penalties that was costly for his team. He was a 20 plus goal guy as well. And I thought he was a pretty stellar player and now he's with the hurricanes and I think he's going to be a lifting force for them. So you kind of swap out Bertuzzi and, and bunting, but then Bertuzzi's projected to be on that top line as well. So if you're setting up key players, then you're giving them a, a chance to alleviate their duties of how much skating they have to do and kind of maintaining their ability to just score. Uh, Ryan Reeves, you know, you kind of compare him to a Ryan O'Reilly, even though O'Reilly's at center, but he was a big guy who had a defensive element to his game as well, which they needed. I think he's the guy who kind of leveled up this team having a better defense around them. So Ryan Reeves is going to be a big asset, but again, just kind of feels like another swap out. Max Domi, he's more of a playoff guy in my personal opinion. So they didn't change up too much to their defense, I want to say. They just kind of brought in players that are going to help be more two-way also. So I feel like they're going to touch pretty similar numbers as they did last season, which were great. I mean, 50 wins, They were um, their special teams was very hard to compete against, both power play and penalty kill. So I could see them kind of matching what they did last year if they do make it to the second round again. They just got outworked by the Florida Panthers, and I just stand by the fact that I think there's a couple teams that can continue to do that, and you mentioned something very important. It's the mentality over there. Toronto Maple Leafs have a tendency to beat themselves, and it starts up here, and I just don't see where that may have changed. Some changeover when it comes to the staff, and we've seen how much that can play a role from organization to organization. So that's what I want to see in, these, in the first half of this season. What have the changeovers had to do, not coaching-wise, but you know, front office and everything, and how will these guys gel together and not have silent divas kind of ruin this team. Yeah, and I think the NHL and, and NHL fans would be better off if this Toronto team can figure it out and be a real player late in the postseason because there's just so much fun talent there to watch. I mean, led by Austin Matthews, and it's a great hockey city, so it, it, we'd be better off if they could. It's just kind of got to believe it when I see it, I guess, with them. You talk about the mentality piece and starting up here. I mean, got to believe it when I see it. Okay, this would not be a podcast with me, Casey, if I didn't ask you about the Boston Bruins. Okay, my beloved Bruins have the best regular season ever, and then they did gave me a total of two weeks of playoff time after that and broke my heart once again. 
And then even more concerning than the way the season ended, David Krejci retires, Patrice Bergeron retires, Tyler Bertuzzi signs elsewhere, and Taylor Hall is traded for cap reasons. So, look, I I do think this Bruins team has more talent than maybe it's given credit for because they have the great goaltending tandem still. McAvoy and Lindholm are two studs defensively. Brad Marchand is still a really good player. David Pasternak's an elite scorer, but it's obviously not nearly the roster that it was a year ago. So when you look at the Boston Bruins in the context of the Eastern Conference, I know they're not going to have the best season ever again. I have accepted that. But is this a legitimate playoff team in your eyes? Like they can get in, give someone a hard time in the first round, maybe get to the second round, or did uh, those losses that I mentioned, I mean, they feel big here, but from someone outside of Boston, uh, are they as big as I feel them to be and, and maybe preventing them from making the playoffs? Initially, I would have said yes, because when I was uh, I started doing a division dive just to kind of get my mind right heading into the season, because there was just so many teams that ended up stacking so favorably for themselves. Um, When I was looking at the Boston Bruins, their top two most productive lines. I don't I think I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Zatra? Uh, Zaka. Zaka. Sorry, I don't even know where I pulled an an R from. Um, But Zaka Krejci and Pasternak were one of the most productive lines with their rush attempts, as well as the fact of how well Pasternak can score. Then you got Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak being the second most productive line. And they were more productive because obviously Bergie's ability to win in the faceoff circle consistently and the high danger shots that were produced between Marshawn and Bergeron. So when I saw that, I was just kind of like, they're going to kind of lose some of that flair and some of that flex because whenever you can create an odd man rush, you're going to put yourself in a great prime position to score in the Atlantic division is where they were able to have an ability with that. What I do like about this team where there is still some hope is that you guys maintain some key defensemen. Lindholm and McAvoy were tremendous. I think they're going to be split up into different pairs heading into the season. I think I talked to Johnny Lazarus about that and he mentioned it. And then I saw it on daily faceoff. But if they do that, both of these guys contributed so well offensively, but they're still such sound guys in the D zone for the Bruins. Then you bring in a few other guys. Morgan Geeky, I think he's going to be tremendous with this team. You just saw a lot out of him for the Seattle Kraken. Um, While the Kraken had 18 different scorers on their roster out of 20 guys, Geeky was a great guy in a number of ways. If he wasn't the one scoring, he was setting up, and he's got a solid two-way ability to his game. I think coming into a lineup where they're going to rely on him more and it's not really like an every guy kind of thing, he's going to expand his role. I think we're going to see a lot more talent out of him, probably a lot more goals as well. Um, Then you got – James Van's room Dyke. I mean, he played 61 games and, you know, to not play a full season, he still did so well. He was a guy that put up 30 plus goals multiple times when he was a Maple Leaf and he's projected to play on the same line as Pasternak. So you guys brought in pieces that are younger that can help get the job done. And then Kevin Shattenkirk, he was here in Tampa Bay, uh, got to lift the trophy with us. He's a huge veteran to have in the D zone, uh, can be a stay at home defenseman, but also is really good with the long shots and helping set up the forwards as well. So even though it feels like there's a bit of a loss there, there's enough pieces. It just depends on how long it takes them to gel. I know they don't want to wear out Lynn. Um, what's his name? Your guys' goaltender. Oh, <laughs> Omar. Yes, Omar. Thank you. I know they don't want to wear him out early, but I mean, I still think they have stability when it comes to Swayman as well. So I don't know about making it to playoffs, if they do make the first round, I don't see the second round happening quite yet. I think that there's still some things that need to balance out. And I'm intrigued to see what Marshawn looks like as a captain. 
Yeah, he's really come a long way. I mean, we went started out as a rookie pest in the Stanley Cup final against Vancouver, but scored five goals in that Stanley Cup final, but then grew as a pest, but kind of changed his image, became a borderline MVP candidate. Now he's a captain. It's quite a trajectory of his career. I mean, uh, really impressive to see, but you're right. I'm fascinated because they've had such stable leadership from Chara to Bergeron for really 15 years. And now you go to Marshan, who's been around for most of it, but hasn't really been in that leadership role for most of it. So I am fascinated. And last question I want to ask you, Casey, when we talked over the summer, you said something that really stuck out to me. And you were really high on the New Jersey Devils and a lot of things they had done and they had been building. Now that we are here and the season is upon us, just want to see, do you still feel that way about the Devils? Do you think this is a legit team, a legit contender, um, or has your opinion changed at all? I'm still holding them pretty high up there. I mean, we know preseason is not too much of a basis for what we're going to expect. A lot of the first couple of games, you're just working through your prospects and where they're going to go. But, you know, this is a team that's still been dominant throughout the preseason. I think they're sitting at 12 points right now through five or six games, kind of leading them. They are leading the Metropolitan throughout the preseason. But they also added um, one thing that freaks me out. It's Tyler Toffoli being a part of this roster and playing projected to play to the right side of Jack Hughes. I mean, Toffoli's coming off a ridiculous season with the Flames, 34 goals, 73 points, 10 power play goals. So he's going to help step up their special teams and then four game winning goals. So you got another clutch guy uh, right here at the wing, but they're just made all the right moves. It's not even about them locking guys in long-term because I think that's what we chatted about last time. It's just also the pieces that they have. They're a very high scoring team. We saw their goaltending step up a little bit in um, the end of the season last year. There was kind of some inconsistency when it came to playoffs, but I think they did well at making sure that they pinpointed their weaknesses and cleaned that up a little bit. I'm going to be interested to see what they do without Severson and Graves uh, for their defensive men, but I don't think it's going to put them at too much of a shortage. I just think that this is a team that overwhelms overwhelms you in the scoring column in a number of ways, and they check almost every box besides figuring out what's going to happen with goaltending. So, yeah, they're they're putting it to work over there. And I'm not too sure how far and how they're going to dominate when it comes to the Rangers as well as the Islanders because they're not having the greatest preseason, but they still have two of the top goaltenders in the league. All right. Well, she is Casey Hudson. Covers the NHL for the Believe Network and the Tampa Bay Lightning for Odyssey Sports. Casey, I said 15 to 20 minutes. Of course we went over because you had so much great insight to share with us. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope we can catch up with you later on this season. Of course, absolutely. Thank you again for having me, and I'm stoked for the season. All right, that does it for another edition of Coach Time. Coach Time.